When it comes down to it, we all want the brand we're building to be a household name. On the Whole Brand Podcast, we unpack the four key elements that create a whole brand. Your internal culture, your customer engagement, your marketing and messaging, and your visual identity, and they all start with your why. Each week, we cover one of the key elements with a brand leader, unpacking their why and what we can learn from where they are today. Together, let's make your brand a household name. Welcome back to the Whole Brand Podcast. I am your host, Ian Stewart, and we have a special episode for you today. We are going to be going back and looking at some interviews that we recently conducted at the Specialty Foods Association Winter Fancy Foods Trade Show. This is an incredible collection of uh, food and beverage and CPG brands that are launching new initiatives every year. Uh, And we want to highlight three companies that we came in contact with. One that is kind of the new kid on the block and two other companies that are very long-standing brands uh, that are adapting and uh, moving into uh, the next phase of their business in very creative ways. So we want to start off with uh, a company called Prime Roots. Now, Prime Roots is a uh, charcuterie company, primarily in uh, uh, sliced uh, meats. But what makes them different is that they are a meatless uh, meat company. And they're very clean in ingredients, and they are pushing the bounds uh, of what it means to be in charcuterie uh, as it comes to flavor, sustainability, uh, and the products that are offered uh, for everyone to be able to enjoy. I'm here with Kim Lee from Prime Roots, uh, and they have uh, an incredible product here with a meatless uh, charcuterie product, a meatless meat, if you will. Uh, And so, Kim, how did this come about uh, and and you decide to, to kick this brand off? So at Prime Roots, we're making plant-based deli classics, and I grew up going to the deli. I like love getting meats freshly sliced. Um, my favorite meat is Black Forest ham. It's also my favorite Prime Roots product that we have, and I just love that experience, but there's a lot that's not to like about it. So whether it be um, health, so nitrates, preservatives, cholesterol that's found in deli meats that aren't the best for you to eat every single day, um, or for the environment. So at Prime Roots, really making a better cut of meat that's more sustainable, that's really delicious, of course, um, and that's healthier. That's awesome. So it was really birthed out of the idea of trying to be friendlier to the environment, to be friendlier to your body, uh, and still have a great taste on top of that. Absolutely. So with that, how has it been entering a meat, completely meat-driven market and coming in with this product? How has it been received, and what have you guys done to... Uh, to kind of show that you're a real player, you know, here to stay. <laughs> so for us, like, we actually use Epicurean, like, meat processes to make our product. So other, like, meat companies, like, we're very friendly with them in the sense that they appreciate and they respect what we do because our meats are made exactly the same meats are made. So our ham, for example, is actually netted and roasted. Our salami is actually dried. So we have taken a lot of care in the craft that we've, like, developed. Um, and so the industry has received us very, very well. Um, Consumers have like loved having another option at the deli. So if you're vegan or vegetarian, you typically don't go to the deli because there's nothing there. But now there is an option, which is Prime Roots. Um, and meat eaters who go to the deli all the time, they love having an option that's friendly for the entire family, that is healthier, that they can eat um, every day and feel really good about it. That's awesome. So where can people find uh, the Prime Roots products right now? So Prime Roots products are always sliced fresh in store. So whether it's a restaurant that's slicing it or putting it into you know different dishes like salads um, or at the deli. So if you're a grocery store deli, you can ask for Prime Roots by the pound. Um, we're also usually found in sandwiches as well. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Nice to meet you. 
as it pertains to the whole brand framework, what we saw here from Prime Roots was a company that was birthed out of values and how those values led to innovation uh, in them creating this company. That is just such a great example of how your values can lead your decisions in, uh, in what you do in your organization. Uh, the next company that we're going to talk to is uh, a company called Season Brand. And Season Brand is over a 100-year-old uh, company. Uh, they make uh, canned fish products, sardines, mackerel, those kinds of things, uh, and have come up with some innovative new products, but also they have rebranded themselves for the future of their organization. As a longstanding uh, company, they realized very quickly that they needed to uh, refresh their look to update them into uh, today's marketplace. Uh, and as there has been a trend in the food industry with uh, these canned fish products actually being very trendy among millennials, uh, it, it was the perfect time for them to jump into this new phase of their business. Sarah Kelly from Season, uh, and this is a really great story this year, uh, just in a long-standing brand, uh, really coming out in a new way. So, uh, Sarah, I mean, you guys are over 100 years old as a brand. Can yep. you tell me a little bit just about the background and the history of Season? Yeah, absolutely. So, we, as you said, we've been in business for over 100 years. Um, we were started by Isaac Epstein, a Polish immigrant who came to the United States, and he started off in the New York, New Jersey area on the East Coast, so that's really our bread and butter there. And we've expanded nationally over all these years uh, throughout the whole country. We're distributed um, through grocery stores, all classes of trade, club, um, Amazon, retail, so really nice distribution there. Awesome. And so you guys have rebranded this year uh, and your new packaging looks great. Uh, the new logo looks awesome. Tell us about how did you guys go about this process of really kind of bringing this old brand into the, the new light. I know canned fish has become sort of a trend in especially younger people buying it a whole lot now. Uh, and so uh, the, the brand is beautiful. How, how did that process work out? Yeah, absolutely. So we actually did a ton of consumer research, um, online quantitative and qualitative studies to really kind of figure out what our consumers were looking for, what were their drivers and barriers of eating tinned fish. And we got a lot of really great insights out of that. So we realized we wanted to keep our brand and still have our sea made in, but just kind of give her a little bit of a makeover, but also include a lot more education on pack. So that's why we included um, these beautiful sardine photography on the pack, which we didn't have before, just to show consumers, you know, is it a skinless and boneless sardine there? buying? Does it have the skin and bones? There's just that knowledge there. Also, we included some health claims just to show consumers that it really is a superfood. It's a super healthy product. So we did it in the reference of tuna, which most people are obviously familiar with. So we have this beautiful health claim on pack that says four times more omega-3 than light tuna. Um, so yeah, just really trying to educate our consumers and to let them know it's the same great product that they've always enjoyed, but just let them know about all the um, health benefits as well. So what is next? As the brand comes out, how is this going to look for you guys? Yeah, so we're really excited. We're coming out with a lot of new innovation. Obviously, as you mentioned, we have our rebrand. So we have this nice uh, yellow, beautiful pack that will really pop out on shelves. Um, but we're actually diving into tuna for the first time. We have a really nice uh, tuna in a glass jar. So that's great. We have a lot of different flavors of sardines coming out. And we're also starting to take a look at potentially branching out outside of tin seafood. Because for us, we really want to focus on... Uh, uh, any product that's healthy, that's convenient for consumers, you know, everybody's pressed for time, so we're just trying to really think outside the box as to what we can do. So we have a lot of exciting stuff in the works, and it's a really great time to be here. Awesome. And speaking of outside the box, I, we noticed this product you guys have of 
a non-caviar caviar. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about this. Yeah, so it's a vegan caviar, completely plant-based. It's made out of black seaweed pearls. The seaweed is grown in France and produced in Denmark, and we're the exclusive distributors of that product. So it's doing really, really well. We're selling it in Walmart. We're selling it online on Amazon, um, World Market. So it's just really exciting, and we're getting a lot of really great feedback about it. Awesome. And how did that come about that you, you guys said, hey, we, we need to do a caviar and we need to do it differently? Yeah, so we actually uh, previously sold a Kaplan caviar, and believe it or not, the fish completely dried up, so we weren't able to source it anymore. And we actually found this product as an alternative, and we thought, why not dive into you know something vegan, plant-based, something different, and we're really happy that we did because it's been very successful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Great having you here. This last interview is another long-standing company out of the UK. They primarily are a manufacturer of tea as well as hot chocolate and coffee products. And in the last two years have been moving into the US market. Uh, Wittard of Chelsea is the name of this company and they point out the fact of how much strategy is important in what they're doing. Uh, their go-to-market strategy through their marketing as well as just how to update uh, a product to fit a new marketplace. Moving from the UK into the United States creates unique challenges culturally. And uh, they point out in this interview just how to go about the thought process when you are launching into an initiative like this. So I'm here with Daniel from Wittard of Chelsea. Uh, and this is another one of these great legacy brands that's here at the show. Uh, and so Daniel, tell me a little bit about the history of the company. Yep, um, we were formed in 1886, um, based out of London. Uh, so coming up to uh, 140 years, um, we're a premium drinks retailer out of the UK, selling tea, coffee, and hot chocolate, and have done so since day one. That's incredible. And so with that, what has it been like bringing, I mean, tea is so popular in the UK, bringing that into the US and continuing just to open up this market for you guys? Yeah, it's it's... It's still an early part of our journey um, in, in coming to the US. We've been here about two years. Um, I think having a clear strategy um, and a clear channel strategy is how you build that business is, is really important. So we understand that in the early days, um, we're looking for distribution, we do a little bit of direct-to-retail, and we're also servicing through our .co out of the UK as a first step, but recognizing that this market scale is almost limitless. And that's a massive opportunity, it's a massive challenge, um, and therefore you've got to be clear as to how you then work to scale that business up. So our plan is very clear that we continue to build distribution, and there's nothing better than this event um, for, for finding um, more opportunities there, but also bringing the product into the US so that we can fulfill from the market, because then that opens up an enormous opportunity at the small and mid-sized um, retailers and businesses that at an aggregate level are massive business potential for us. I think that's a huge lesson people can learn is in any of these things of really thinking through that strategy before they, before they launch into it. Yeah, well, it, this is my first US trade show and I think we've been so pleased with the level of interest. It's been non-stop um, coming here and I think it shines a light on another challenge, which is making sure that you are able to deal with the potential volume that comes your way. Don't try and, as we say in the UK, boil the ocean um, in one go. So then having a clear chronology as to what are the key steps, who are the key retailers, who are the key distributors, um, in order that you can build your business sustainably um, and in control. Absolutely. So 
What is it like taking a brand that's such a legacy brand like this, and excuse the pun, but steeped in tradition and all of those kinds of things, uh, how do you guys continue just to bring it to a, a new place, an innovative place uh, in today's market? Yeah, it's a good question. There's a, there's a balance between us always retaining a level of our core proposition, tea, coffee, hot chocolate, and, and, and tea being the bigger part of the business, so an authority um, in, in that category. So we're always going to be presenting um, those core taste profiles, um, English breakfast, Earl Grey, um, but then we'll also look at developing um, new products, new product categories, new packaging. Um, we have an offer for holiday that changes every single, every single year. Um, so making sure that there's an appropriate balance of the traditional core um, offer across the range, but then regular inputs of, of newness, often driven by seasonality. So we'll have a spring range, we'll have an autumn range, and that's on display um, here. And then, as I said, holidays, holidays big for everybody. Um, uh, we play that game as well as anybody, we think, um, and therefore make sure that we have an appropriate collection uh, every year to deliver for, for that event. Awesome. And you were telling me about a product that has just kind of been flying off the sample shelf here. Tell me a little bit about this yeah. new product. Um, in instant tea. Um, it's, a, it's a raw cane sugar-based um, drink. We're, 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 we're um, tasting two at the moment. Tasting is everything. Putting the product into the customer's hands um, just makes an enormous difference. And instant tea um, is a constant bestseller for us in the UK. It's quite a sweet drink. Um, the two that we're tasting are Dreamtime, which has got a vanilla and honey base to it, um, and Turkish apple, which, as the name suggests, um, is, is, a, is, a, is an apple-based sweet drink. Um, I'd love to have been able to video all of the guys coming to the stand and tasting it for the first time because almost universally it's a lean back and a wow and they've never tasted anything like that before so the packaging leaps off the shelf um, on our stand and would do in in in, in any uh, retail environment that it has but the fact that the customer can taste it and it's something completely different um, it talks to um, the US palate, if I can generalize to that extent, it is a sweet drink um, uh, and uh, we're very excited because uh, for me it's the runaway success um, of the hundred SKUs that we've got um, uh, on, on display uh, for these days. Awesome. Well, phenomenal, thank you very much for your time. Super, thanks a lot. I think the takeaways from all of these interviews really come down to this, that uh, when your values lead your decision making, uh, it helps an organization to find its true north. And I think this plays out within its internal culture. It then plays out in the customer interaction, how a business uh, is solving a problem for that customer. I think the next takeaway then is to not be afraid to, uh, as the quote goes, kill your darlings. A longstanding brand could be very proud of a logo or uh, a brand that they have developed. But uh, you have to realize that at some point you need to be able to uh, take that next step into whatever the next season of your organization is. And the last part of this is that when entering into a new market, make sure that you truly understand how to position yourself. Uh, your messaging, how your organization presents itself is so important as you enter into uh, new markets, whether that is in countries or just new customers within your same country. Uh, and then having a strategy to put in place for how you're going to use that message and really position yourself well as you set up uh, your organization for these kinds of initiatives.
initiatives. So thank you so much for joining us here on the Whole Brand Podcast. Uh, We loved our takeaways from this experience uh, and we are excited uh, to see what is next for all of these brands as well as all of the brands uh, that participate in the Specialty Foods Association Winter Fancy Foods Show uh, as well as the Summer Fancy Foods Show that will be coming up uh, here this summer. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and tune in next time on the Whole Brand Podcast. 